Okay, thank you to everybody for joining. Um, we are continuing our Shur and Tefillah. Last week we covered the history of the of the response, Amen. And we explored how responses and refrains, like the word Amen, were very native to the Beit HaMikdash and how they had their genesis in the times of temple worship and temple liturgy. Tonight, we are going to be studying the famous Pesukei de Zimra. We're going to do a historical introduction, and next week, Pesach Hashem will go component by component of the Pesukei de Zimra in order to better understand it. But before we start, we have to do a general historical overview of Pesukei de Zimra to better understand it. Now, Pesukei de Zimra as a whole, as a liturgical component, if we're going to use a fancy word, is a rubric. There's a rubric of doxology, a, a rubric of, it's like a unit of, of literature, a unit of, of praise to Hashem. Within Pesuket Zimra, we of course have sub-rubrics. We have, you know, the sub-building blocks of Pesuket Zimra. So as, as any Jew who prays would be familiar with, you begin, you, it's bracketed in the beginning and the end by brachot, right? It's bookended. Baruch Shamar and Yishtabach. Then in the middle you have the Ashrei and the and the and the Halalukas. Then added to that we have the Hichavod, Mizmar Toda, and Azashir, etc. So we're going to discuss how the Pesukei de Zimra came to be. We're going to discuss um the early development, God willing, of the Pesukei de Zimra, and we will then be more prepared as we move on to understand the uh, the the rest of its history and the rest of its halachic development. So now we must start, if we're going to start with the Pesuke de Zimra, we must start with the most famous Talmudic sources. The, the, the sources begin with, with, with in the Gemara, and this is quoting of Yossi Bar Chalafta, one of the 3rd century uh, Tanaim. Atana, in other words. Amr Yossi, says the Gemara, Yehei Chalki, the Gemara and Shabbat is uh, giving a whole list of different things that Urbiosi approves of and other Amoraim and Tanaim approve of. And one of the things it says, and the language of approval it says, is my portion should be among those who finish halal every day. Is that true? Says the Gemara. Is that true? That it is so great to say halal every day? We learned from our master. Didn't the master say that one who reads Halal every day, it's tantamount to curses and blasphemes of God? Uh, the Gemara answers. Let me just admit, Gary, sorry. The Gemara answers. No, when do we uh, say, when does Rebiosi saying that he's talking about the people who finish Halal every day? That means Pisukei Zimra. Some of the later versions of the Gemara also had like an addition in here. It said, mind you, and what are those Pesuket de Zimra from Tehillah Ladavid all the way Adasof until the end of until the end of Sefer Tehillim. So in other words, from Kuf uh, Memhei in Tehillim all the way until Kuf Nun. That, that's what some later editions of the Gemara added in. So now why in the world would saying Halal every day uh, be mecharefu megadef. Why is that like blaspheming and, and cursing God? So many theories have been proposed by the Rishonim, by the Achronim, that uh, essentially praising God in the terms of the halal that we're familiar with every single day, that would be blasphemous. Um, I remember that Rav Yeshivar Solveitchik had a, had, a, had a couple of uh, points about why this is 
why this is true. He said, first of all, there's 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 three major distinctions you have to understand between the halal yomi, so to speak, the daily halal that we say, and the halal hamitzri, or the Egyptian halal, which is said, uh, let's say, at the night of the Seder, or on Rosh Chodesh, or uh, on any of the holidays. First of all, the halal yomi, which is Pesuket Zimra, those discuss creation, while the halal of Mitzrayim, the halal that we say on Pesach, discusses redemption. Those are different different types of praises. Second of all, the praises of Halel HaMitzri are much more trans, are much more imminent. And the praises of Halel Hayomi of the Pesukit Zimra are much more imminent. We're praising how Hashem acts in our world. And lastly, Halel has Bakashot in it, and it's inappropriate to beseech um, the Halel of uh, Halel HaMitzri has certain Bakashot in it, while the Halel of Pesukit Zimra is just purely praised. So he believed that it's the reason, the core reason, why it's inappropriate to use halal, uh, uh, the halal hamitri every day as our psuke de zimra is because it's inappropriate to beseech Hashem and to ask Him for things while speaking of Him in transcendental terms. In transcendental terms, you're speaking of Hashem as transcendent, um, then you don't want to be asking. Uh, Hashem, you don't want to be asking of Hashem in transcendental terms. Okay, so that's. That that's one of the theories. I discussed it more in another shiur. But essentially, Halal HaMitzri is a different type of praises to Hashem. And therefore, there are those who say that those praises, which are redemptive in nature or transcendental in nature, cannot be used as a daily um, as, as a daily prayer because Hashem isn't in our life in, the, in, in, in a supernatural way every single day. So it's it's like uh, it's almost like over overselling it. You can't tell people, you can't speak about Hashem in praises, which would sound like he's so... Uh, miraculously, supernaturally intervening in our lives every day. It's appropriate for holidays, but it's not appropriate for a normal day. That's the general sense of why it's Now, what we need to also remember is that we learn a lot of things from this uh, from this member of Rabiosi. First of all, we take it for granted that the Pesuket is Imra, that he mentions here, when the Gemara says the words Pisuke de Zimra, we take it for granted that that means those six Mizmarim. And that's because the earliest sources we have, the earliest Sidurim, and the earliest, uh, let's call it Mesechat uh, Sofrim, uh, and Seder Vamram, and Seder Sadia, the earliest Sidurim and the earliest liturgical sources all mention Pisuke de Zimra in the terms of these six uh, Psalms. But what's also amazing is that we forget that the Psalms themselves, the Tehillim, were central to Beis HaMikdash liturgy, to the Temple liturgy. They accompanied all the Korbanot. And it's most likely that the saying of Tilim every day was a carryover from the Avodah in the Beit HaMikdash. Think about what Rabbi Yossi is saying. I'll just read the words here with me. Rabbi Yossi lives in the 3rd century, right? He doesn't call it yet Pesuke de Zimra because he's a Tana. And they didn't have something called Pesuke de Zimra yet. They would call it Gomre Halo, finishing Halo. Later in the time of the Amaraim, the people who wrote the Gemara, they already have the name for it, which is called Pesuke de Zimra. Now, if Rabiosi is calling it Gomre Halo, that means that in the time of the Tanaim, there's three forms of Halo, right? You have the Halel Hamitsri. That's the Halel you say, the Egyptian Halel you say on holidays. You have the Halal Yomi, or whatever, the Gomri Halal, the one you say every single day, which would later get to be called Pesuke de Zimra in the time of the Gemara. And then finally, you have Halal Hagadol, which in the Gemara in Pesachim says is the um, 
The Gemara Psachim says is the Mizmar Kuf Lamid Vav, which is Hodu Lashem Kitov Kilo Lam Chasto with all the Kilo Lam Chastos, right? Notein Lechem Lachol Basar Kilo Lam Chasto. That's that's called Halahagadol. So in their time, there were at least three sections of of Sefer Tehillim, which they called Halal. So essentially, saying a praise of God, which has a refrain, which has a response to it, and that was sung as a praise, could was called Halal at least at the in the time of the early Tanaim, but probably also in the time of the Beit Hamikdash. Because if you take Parakim, like the six last ones of Tehillim. They start with Halulukan. Halulukan is a response of the of the congregation. They're supposed to yell out Halulukan, and there's many times where it says Halulu, 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 or Hodul Hashem Kitov is always a response. And the Halal, for example, the Halal Hamitzri, we know was always said antiphonic, uh, uh, antiphonally, right? They they would say it. Uh, what's the word for that? Yeah, antiphonically. There's a word for that. They would say it respond. Um, one person would say one pasuk, then the other person would say the other, the other, the other, the rest of the call would say the other pasuk. It was done together. So there were sections of the Tehillim which were called Halal. Let me show you another example here. Um, just one second. Yes. The next example is, I'm sorry, I have to share my screen again. Here we go. The next good example of this is the Gemara Sachim. If you look in the Gemara Sachim, it says, Mehechan Halal Hagadol. From where does Halal Hagadol start? The Gemara is not sure. The Gemara knows that the Mishnah said that we have to say Halal Hagadol in the say there. Of, of Pesach, but it doesn't know what Halal HaGadol is. So the Gemara says, Rabbi Yehuda Omer Mehodu An Naharot Bavel, Rabbi Yehochanan Omer Mishir Hamalot An Naharot Bavel. Right, you have two different cheetahs here. One says that it's from, that it's the entire Perak Kuflam Vav. The other holds, it's the 15 Shir Hamalos. The other one holds, that it's Kiyaku Bar Chaloka, that it's from 135 until An Naharot Bavel. So, <coughs> you see here, that there's a development or a discussion over what part of Sefer Tillam gets to be called Halal Hagadol. Now, first of all, even if we're carrying over from the Beis HaMikdash liturgy, what would prompt the people who are, who are trying to develop a liturgy to add this to the core um, halachic liturgy that was, what, that was being instituted? We know after the Beis HaMikdash fell, Rabbi Gamliel got together with many of the Chachamim, and made a lot of institutions, one of them being public prayer. The core institutions of Rabbi Gamliel were the, were the Tfilas Yotzer, the Brachos Kriyashma, and the Amidah. Rabbi Gamliel was never Misak in Pesuket Zimra, or Baruch Shamar, or Yishtabach. That we know for a fact. A lot of those things came much later. So why would people add on Rabbi Gamliel's ta earlier Takana? Why would, did they feel it important to add the Pesuket Zimra? And by the way, just because Rabbi Gamliel didn't uh, institute it, that's why it's not considered Tzfila B'Tzibor, right? Think about it. Pesuket Zimra, you don't have to say it with a Tzibor. If, if you have nine people, you could still say it. You could say Pesuket Zimra B'Yachid. You don't need a minion. So how did Pesuket Zimra become part of our liturgy, but not the strictest part of our halachic liturgy? Like, clearly, it wasn't part of the original institution. It only got added on later in the time of the later Tanayim and the earlier Amorayim. So why... Why and when did the Gamery Halal occur, uh, begin to uh, get used, and what and um, why did they why did they begin being Gomre Halal before Tefillah to begin with? So there's a couple of theories that were that were proposed. The first is that the first theory you'll hear is ideological, which is a little bit divorced from reality. Which is no, the whole reason we say it is because of Rabbi It's a halachic reason. We also know our Belazer says. That a person has to say Asher every day, or Belazar says this in, in the Gemara Brachas Tafdalid. Belazar says, Kola Emer, 
Atila Ladavid Bhayyim Muftah Laishu Ben Ayla Mahabasam. For halachic reasons, we're just following the Tanaim. And therefore, that's why halachically we began to say Psuka de Zimra. That's a very simplistic understanding of why it developed, but it doesn't really go pre uh the Rabyasi and Pir Belazar. Rabyasi and Rabelazar are only speaking about the developed halacha. How about if you go earlier than that? So some say that it comes from the other Mishnayot in Brachot, which talk about the Hasidim Harishonim, the earliest um, pious ones, the people, the earliest mystics who would meditate and, and prepare before prayer for an hour every day. And it seems that the pious people, the rabbinic circles, would, would before their prayer services, would have a, a time where they would sit down and meditate or say preparatory prayers. And the preparatory, the preparatory prayers evolved into something a little bit more standardized. That's one, uh, another major theory. Tosafot in Daf Lamed Aleph Umar Aleph in, um, yeah, let's see, how do I do this? Tosafot in Daf Lamed Aleph Umar Aleph in Brachot says as follows. And let me give you a, let me give you just a little bit of background. Tosafot says, I need to pull up the PowerPoint, sorry. Tosafot says, um, the the Gemara says that says Tosavot understands that when the Gemara says in Brachot of Laman Alpha Mabet that you have to pray with joy, there um it's trying to say that the Psuke de Zimra were created to bring a person's heart meditatively to an area of elevated joy because a person through praising God comes to a higher level of awareness, a higher consciousness. And through that higher consciousness of God, he, 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 he comes into a, a mood of joy and therefore he's ready to pray. That's the theory of Tosafot. Others just say it a little bit more simply. We know there's a famous drush of Rabbi Simlai. Rabbi Simlai says in Brachot of Lamed Beit HaMud Aleph, that a person should first arrange his prayers, and then he should pray. Minalan, how do we know? We learned this from Moshe Rabbeinu. So Moshe Rabbeinu, he says he entreats Hashem. And how does he entreat Hashem? First, he speaks of God's greatness, and then he finally asks him, could I please go to Eretz Yisrael? So we see from Moshe Rabbeinu that you first have to say Shvach, and then you can say Tefillah. And the Gaonim, especially Rav Natronai Gaon, says that this is the core reason with his Messiah in, in the yeshiva was that this was the reason why Pesuket de Zimra was instituted as a halachic part of our liturgy. Now, it's not Tefillah B'tzivar, it's not required because it wasn't instituted by Rav Megamliel B'yavna. However, it does, uh, that this is one of the, this is probably the most uh, important theory for the institution of Pesuket de Zimra. One more theory that I think is actually um, uh, very important is that of Lawrence Hoffman. Lawrence Hoffman has a theory in his book on Psuke de Zimra. He has a very interesting theory about the about the, the last five. He wants to know why do they pick, let's say, let's say, let's let's approach the you know, let's approach the question a little bit. Let's zoom out a little bit. The because Hoffman's theory doesn't pertain. I'm sorry, I misspoke. Hoffman's theory does not pertain specifically why they why they instituted Pesuket de Zimra. Let, let me back up a little bit. The earliest minug of Pesuket de Zimra is not uh, what's it called? 
is not delineated by the Gemara. Rabiosi simply says Gomri Halal. He doesn't say which Prakim are the Halal. The Gemara says Pesuke de Zimra, but it doesn't say which Pesukim to say. Therefore, it is very likely that the earliest versions of Pesuke de Zimra were much less rigid. How could we make this assertion? Because we know from the Cairo Geniza that the Minog of Eretz Yisrael, the Minog of the Jews that were under the authority of the Geonim of Eretz Yisrael, rather than the Geonim of Bavel, had a much looser um, Pesuke de Zimra. Some of the Kehilot would say, let's say, from Mizmar Kufchaf to Kuf Lamids, uh, from Kufchaf to Kufnud. Some would say from uh, Kuf Lamid Vav to, to Kufnud. Some would say random, not random, but associated uh, Pesukim of praise. So it would seem from those manuscripts in the Cairo Geniza, if you take, if you take just an, a cursory look at the manuscripts in the Cairo Geniza, it would seem that it's very deliberate that they're called Pesuke de Zimra. The, the verses of Zimra rather than Prake de Zimra. We don't call them the chapters of song. We call them the verses of song. If you just take a look at Yehi Chabot Hashem Laolam, those are a bunch of uh, associated, not random, but uh, relevant verses of praise of Hashem, which are strung together to be uh, to be Zimra for Hashem. Therefore, it would seem that there are, because they're not just because of what we see in the Karaganiza, but also because they are called Pesuke de Zimra, that in the earliest times they were arbitrary, in the earliest times, the Pesukim de Zimra were arbitrary Pesukim of praise to Hashem, which later and over time became standardized. standardized. By the 8th or ninth century, for sure, we know that the 6th last Parakim of Tehillim, from 145 to 150, from Kuf Memhei to Kuf Nun, those last 6 became the standardized um, Pesukim de Zimra. Those, those, those were the 6th core from Tehillah Ladavid all the way to Hallelujah Kelbekot Show, those were the six core parakim which were said as Pesuke de Zimra. How do we know this? We know this because of the Mesechet Sofrim, uh, Yud Zayin, Yud Zayin, Yud Aleph, and Mesechet Sofrim, as well as in Seder of Amram, in Seder of Sadiagon. We already have these six a core of them adopted by in Bavel, in Seder of Amram, in Seder of Sadia, and in Eretz Yisrael, in Mesechet Sofrim. It seems that in Eretz Yisrael, already by the eighth or ninth century, they had begun adopting. Uh, the Babylonian minug of doing those six mizmarim as well. So it seems that there was a shift in Eretz Yisrael, some sort of shift where they began to move over to the um, to the six of the of the Talmud Habavli. Now, so what Lawrence Hoffman suggests is kind of brilliant. Let, let me let, let now let, let me show it to you now on on the screen just to, to give you an idea of what, of what he's saying. What he says is, is that Rabbi says, The words of Rabbi are from those who finish <coughs> Halal every day. He believes that because Rabbi used the word Gomre Halal to finish Halal every day, people wanted to finish something. They wanted to finish Sefer Tehillim. They're like, let's finish Sefer Tehillim every day. Some people would go crazy and do the entire Tehillim. Some people... Would would do from let's say kufchaf all the way to kufnun. Eventually, there was a balance of uh, the amount of time people had and the amount of quality of of mizmarim they're going to say. So they chose to say tehila ladavid all the way to the end. So you get two pluses. First of all, you get to say ashrei, which the Gemara says is extremely important to say every day because that gives you elam haba. Second of all, you get to be gaimer halabachalyim because you finish sefer tilim and you get all the way to the end. So for that reason, he believes those six Mizmarim were standardized as the Besuke de Zimra already from an early date.
it does seem that the Minagababli, to use those six, are ready from an early date. Now, let's move on a little bit to a slightly deeper exploration of the Kyrogeniza, uh, of the Kyrogeniza and its findings. So, in order to understand this, we have to understand better what the Kyrogeniza shows us. So, the Kyrogeniza itself is located in the Ben Ezra Synagogue, pictured on my screen, in Fustat, which is Old Cairo in Egypt. <coughs> The old, the old, uh, the old Cairo, not the you know the the original Cairo, which was the uh, the base of the Fatimid Empire. So the Ben Ezra Synagogue was the synagogue for the Shami community inside, um, inside Cairo. There were two communities in the Middle Ages in, in medieval times that populated the the that populated the city of Cairo. There were the community that there was the community that followed the minhag of Bavel, and there was the community that followed the minhag of Eretz Israel. As we've mentioned many times before, the Geonim of Bavel had their jurisdiction, and they had a lot of areas in Syria, in uh, Egypt, and areas in Italy which followed their jurisdiction uh, under Eretz Israel. And the Yeshua to Bavel had many other jurisdictions in North Africa, and in Iraq, and a few jurisdictions in Syria. And, um, of course, in Spain and in other jurisdictions. So the, the, one of the largest Jewish communities that followed the Geonim of Eretz Yisrael, and they followed that brand of Judaism, was the, the, the main shul in Fustat in, in, in Old Cairo. So there were two communities there. There was the Irakim and the Shamim. The Irakim were the people who followed the Irakim and Hag of the Minhag B'nai Bavel, and then there was the Shamis, the people who followed the Arabic, or in other words, the, the Eretz Yisrael, the local people followed the Minag Eretz Yisrael. Now, over, originally, the Cairo synagogue, the Ben Ezra synagogue, was the main hub of, was, was the larger community. However, because politics, uh, global politics, caused the Jewish community in Eretz Yisrael to receive a humongous amount of persecutions and most of the Jews living under those under those territories of the caliphate had uh, tremendous problems and persecutions and pogroms the strength of that community of their halachic strength began to dwindle and the yeshivot in, in, in Eretz Yisrael didn't have the same halachic power they weren't writing the same amount of halachic svarim they weren't issuing as many teshuvot and therefore because they dwindled this branch and this brand really of rabbinic Judaism began to dwindle so when we find manuscripts in the Karagineza, which uh, if I could point my mouse over here, you see on the second floor in the Ezra's Nashim, on the right side, the Karagineza, by that door, that area, this is a really a reconstruction, but that, that door that you see on the right side, that's really the area where the Karagineza used to be. So when we find manuscripts there, the, most of the manuscripts are from the 12th and 11th centuries, which was the last of the community there uh, when the community finally started to go extinct. Because they didn't have the same halachic legacy as as Yeshivos Abavel, they they didn't have the same like authoritative paiskim to uh, approve and to endorse their minhagim. So when the the when the Babylonian community, so to speak, the Iraqi community became bigger and they came with rabbis and psak and you know halacha, these the Eretz Yisrael people didn't have really much to counter. All they had was Messiah and Minog because their rabbis were all dead. They all passed away a long time ago, and there was no uh, there was no halachic authority in Eretz Yisrael. Well, much less at least. There were much fewer rabbanim trained by the by the Gonim of Eretz Yisrael in order to defend their minhagim. So 
not only did the Minhagim in, in the Shul in Eretz Yisrael begin to change, uh, sorry, the Shul in, in Cairo began to change, they began adopting many of the local uh, Iraqi Minhagim. They began to mix. They began to eventually get dominated by the Iraqi Minhag. So yes, they did try tenaciously to keep on to the Minhagim for a long time, but we see in the Cairo when you go back from the 13th, the early 13th century to the 12th, the 11th, to the 10th, to the 9th, to the 8th, you see a development over time. And that development is one of a, a much more pure Eretz Yisrael Minog to one that gets mixed, to one that gets switched over completely to the Babylonian Minog of Tzfilah. Why is this important? This is important because when it comes to Pesukah de Zimra, there is a massive amount of complicated text inside the Karaganiza, which had to be uh, parsed. And Ezra Fleischer, who famous, famously uh, went through this enormously complicated problem and went through thousands of manuscripts in the Geniza, and the man was literally a computer. It's, it's impossible to explain to normal people what kind of human being Ezra Fleischer was. He was an unbelievable scholar-scholar. There's, there's simply no words to, to explain what kind of brilliance or genius it takes to go through a collection that large and to compute out of that and to reverse engineer not just what the Nusach was of the B'nai Eretz Yisrael, of the B'nai, uh, let's call it uh, the B'nai Fustat, the people who lived in Fustat, but also to reverse engineer what the Minog was in Eretz Yisrael, to reverse engineer what the Minog was in Bavel, and how it developed century over century over century. This is enormously complicated work. He published a very important book on this called Tfilah Min Hagei Tfilah Eretz Yisrael Taginiza. I actually happen to have a copy of this. And in this work, he dedicates a tremendous, a, a huge chapter to the Minog of Eretz Yisrael. And what he finds is astonishing. What he finds, and this is really like the punchline of, of our class tonight, is that the B'nai Eretz Yisrael never had something called Pesuke de Zimra to begin with. What, the, what we know of as Pesuke de Zimra in the Talmud Bavli, where the Amirayim call it Pesuke de Zimra, didn't exist in the Talmud Yerushalmi. They did not know of such a minah called Pesuke de Zimra. This was purely a Babylonian inception. Rather, the Bnei Eretz Yisrael had a completely different minog called Tefilat Hashir. Tefilat Hashir is similar to the Pesuke de Zimra, but very different in the sense that it had its own brachos bracketing it, bookending it. It had a bracha in the beginning, a bracha at the end, which were similar to the, um, which is quite similar to, to Baruch Shamar and Tishtabach, but not the same. And they had a completely different selection of Mizmorim in the middle of that section meaning in, in, in their quote-unquote uh, tefillah tashir uh, that they would say every day. Now, he believes that originally what they would do is they would do from Mizmar Kuf. Uh, again, the research is astonishing, and I wish I wish I even even I, I, I don't have the brains to really uh, grasp every minute detail of, 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 of the reverse engineering, but the, the gist of it is that he believes that originally they would do from Kuf Lamid Vav, right, from Hodu, the Halal Hagadol, all the way to the end. I think that's, uh, I'm sorry, all the way, I think, until Tehillah Ledavid. Let me just look at my notes for a second. He says they were doing from Kuf Chaf, which is Shir Hamalos. Yes, they would do from Shir Hamalos every day, all 15 Shir Hamalos. They would do 17 Mizmorim, all the way until Hodu Lashem Kitov, which is Kuf Lamidvav. That was their Minhag for a daily uh, Pesuket Zimra, so to speak, or Tefillat Shir. On Shabbat, they would do all the way from Kuf Chaf to Kuf Nun. That was the earlier minhag of Eretz Yisrael. They'd have a bracha before all the 15 shiramalot, which, by the way, if you remember, in the Gemara B'sachim says that's halal hagadol, right? 
they do the Shir Hamalot, they would do the other sheet of Halal Hagadol, which is Hodul Hashem Kitov Kilam Chastel, right? We have two opinions in Psachim, which one is Halal Hagadol? So they would do both of them, the 15 Shir Hamalos, and they would do the Koflamid uh, Bav, and then they would bookend them by Brachot. That was their original Minhag. Later, they began to adopt the Minhag Habavli as well, and they would say Baruch Shamar in addition to all that, which is absolutely astonishing. I have a picture here for you of the of one of the most important manuscripts of the uh, of the uh, Cairo Geniza. Here you have at the top it says, mm-hmm. and I apologize for the necessary watermark here from the from the uh, Friedberg uh, collection. But it says Tfilat Shachar. You see, Baruch Hashem, Kelam Melchah 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 and I encourage you, if you're listening to the audio, to, to look at the video, if you could, on Spotify or on YouTube. Then you have the Pasuk begins. He says, finally, This is one of the manuscripts with, with the, the beginning of Tefillah Tashir. I'm sorry if I can't make it all out here on the screen right now. It's a little bit blurry, but okay. So that was one of the the uh, earliest, uh, what's it called? That's one of the earliest forms of the Tefillah Tashir that they had. Now, it's interesting. Ezra found, uh, uh, Professor Fleischer found a, a another remez to this idea that that the Shir Hamalot could be called a Halal B'choyom. There's a Medrash in Bereshit Rava in Ayin Dalid. Where the Medrash says, what was Yaakov Avinu saying every night? What is the Medrash saying? Pasuk says, Gnufti Yom, Gnufti Laila. He said, if it, if a sheep was stolen by day or a sheep was stolen by night, I would cover it and I would I, I would I would watch the sheep by day and I would watch the, sh- the sheep at night. Right? That's what Yaakov Avinu told Lavan. So he says he stayed up all night watching the sheep. What would he do? What would he recite? Says the Medrash Mahaya Omar Bishuba Levi Amar Tetzal Shirma Lochim Sefer Tilim Haya Omar Hadaud Hibu Asham Shayalanu Yomar Na Yisrael. Why does it say Yomar Na Yisrael? That means Yisrael Savah. That means Yisrael Avinu Yaakov Avinu. Bishmol Bar Nachman Amar Kol Sefer Tilim Haya Omar. He would say the whole Sefer Tilim every single night. Fascinating Medrash. <clears throat> but it sounds like from this Medrash that in the time of Bishuba and Levi, there was it was known saying Shir Hamalot in its entirety was a type of Shira, was a type of praise to Hashem, and therefore this is a very good source that that the Shir Hamalot in Eretz Yisrael was considered a Shir or a Halal Hagadol, and therefore it's um, this completes for us a picture of the Minog of Eretz Yisrael, which is completely extinct, which is a Minog which lacks Psuket Zimra and instead has Tefilat Hashir. There's one more fascinating Minog which they had, which is e- difficult to even. Uh, it, it's difficult to even explain it, but what they would do is on the uh, on in the shul here in the in the old uh, the, the image here is the old the the reconstructed old shul of Cairo. They had a minog on Shabbat and Yom Tov that they would go further than just saying Tefilat Hashir with its Birchat Hashir in the beginning and, and the end, right? Birchat Hashir being the 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 opening blessing and the and the end blessing of their so called Tefilat Hashir. Rather, they would have alongside the tefillah tashir a special ceremony a special ritual on shabbat where they would begin the tefillah by taking a special sefer torah out of the heichal they would they would have a procession with the sefer torah all the way to the bima then someone would hold this sefer torah it was a special sefer torah that they wouldn't read from they would then read the saras hadibros 
they wouldn't read it from the Sefer Torah. They would just read it out loud while somebody hold, held the Sefer Torah. After they said the Saras Nibros, they would do Tefillah Tashir, and then they would proceed and pers- and they would accompany the Sefer Torah back into the into the into the Aron Kodesh. Fascinating and strange minog. It was called the Sefer Hashir, right? The that specific Sefer Torah that they would use from the Heichal was called the Sefer Hashir. And this was their ritual. And it was very bizarre to anybody who wasn't, you know, from the Minigaris you saw. They would have no idea what this ritual is. And it has no, as far as we know, no basis in the Talmud Bavli. But this was their minog. Tzvilat Hashir, Sefer Hashir, Taluchat Sefer Hashir, so to speak. The, the procession of the Sefer Hashir. So as we can see, to recap tonight's shiur, the Pesuket Zimra's early history is quite complex and in a sense quite nebulous. Originally, to recap, in the time of the Tanoim, there was a minog to be Gomre Halal, to finish the Halal every day. Whatever that meant, it seemed that there was some sort of carryover from the Beis HaMikdash to bring Psalms into the daily liturgy, even though it wasn't part of the core institution of, the, of prayer. It was seen as recommended and, and appropriate to praise God before you pray to Him. Then, in the time of the Tanoim, many various, various customs of verses and verses or chapters of psalms were used and psalms were the natural choice because those were born in the temple born in 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 the Beit HaMikdash and then finally in the time of the Morayim we solidify in Bavel a minog to say six Mizmarim from Ashrei until the end of 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 Tehillim every day because Ashrei is considered exceptionally important and they get to finish to the end of Tehillim every single day while in Eretz Yisrael they they develop their own minog to say the Shira Malos every day and they developed the minog also uh, to do the Halal Haggadah, the Hodul Hashem Kitov every day, which then gets expanded and minus and subtract, subtracted. And in Bavel, in, the, in, the, in later centuries, they add things like Yehi Chavod Hashem Olam, which is another uh, conglomeration of verses, which are praise of God. And we will discuss the individual components, God willing, of, uh, of the Pesuket of the Zimra in the coming weeks. So I'm going to pause the recording now, and if anybody has questions, thank you. Uh, I'll resume the recording, but thank you to everybody for your time and attention, and we will, Be'ezrat Hashem, continue next, uh, next week.